tied for the most terrifying day of my life. I was what? Every other freaking day of my life. <laughs> How are you doing, you wonderful nerds? Scott here, and it is day 14. We made it to the end of week two here on the Month of Monsters podcast, a Scooby-Doo podcast, where I am watching Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed every single day for the entire month of October, and I couldn't tell you why. But my favorite thing is getting to talk about it with some cool guests from the internet, and today I have Derek and Shannon from the Groovy Scoop cast on. How are you doing? Doing We're good. Great. How are you, Scott? I am doing wonderful. Thank you so much for for reaching out and uh, wanting to be a part of this because I love talking Scooby-Doo with Scooby-Doo enthusiasts and and, uh, other people who probably know way more about it than I do. Oh, we're excited to be here. <laughs> <laughs> so what is the the Groovy Scoopcast for people who don't know? Uh, that Groovy Scoopcast is what we like to call the go-to audio hub for all things Scooby-Doo. Uh, it's our weekly Scooby-Doo podcast. comes out every Friday where Shannon and I just sit down. We do some trivia on Scooby-Doo. We watch an episode or a movie. And we share some fun facts and, you know, have a fun time making fun of Scooby-Doo all we can. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. So were you uh, fans of the show growing up? Or, like, was there a specific series that kind of grabbed you in? So I watched it, you know, just as, like, a normal kid. And Derek has kind of always been in love with it. And he has a whole collection. He posts it on Instagram and everything. Um, And he wanted to do a podcast and so he came to me and the rest is history yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i uh i collect scooby-doo memorabilia myself uh and once i was done with school i had a ton of free time i'm like what am i going to do with this free time so i'm like let's devote it to watching scooby-doo content for no other reason basically basically that is an incredibly wise decision (laughs) and i support it wholeheartedly i mean who am i to judge you're at least watching different scooby-doo things i'm watching the same one over and over and over again we watched it twice and i don't know how you're doing this 31 i i don't i I appreciate that you gave it a second go as well. That I, I wonder if we'll pick up on some more interesting things. But had had you seen either of you seen this movie prior to this podcast? I actually saw it in theaters when it was out in two thousand four. Um, my mom took me to the movie with my brother, and funny enough, my mom and my brother both fell asleep during the movie, so I was the <laughs> oh, only no. one actually watching it. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if you've seen it before. Jenna. I have. I I mean, I love the live actions, but <laughs> yeah. unpopular opinion. <laughs> um, but I love them, and I watch them on Netflix every once in a while, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh fantastic yeah i i believe i saw this in theaters it's been a, i know i at least saw the first one in theaters i think i saw the second one but it's unclear but no i i absolutely love this movie i pick on it and i critique it a lot but that's just how i enjoy movies oh, yeah. you know if i didn't care about it then it wouldn't be worth critiquing you know that's kind of how we are with our podcast because a lot of people on twitter will respond to us being like how can you hate this episode and it's like well it's just not a good episode <laughs> But we yeah. still had fun time talking like, about it. We yeah. wouldn't do it if we didn't like it. Some of our favorite episodes are the ones that we bash the most. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically. That's, yeah, absolutely. Because that's how I am with this movie is like, there's so much wrong with it. And there's so much that I would change and try to fix. Oh but God, at the end yes. of the day, like I have fun with it. But like, yeah. So what what was some of the stuff that, that stood out to you while watching this? Um, 
I will just say, and I was telling this to Shannon when we were watching it the second time, the whole intro scene when they're like in the museum and before the evil masked figure attacks, mm-hmm. like the entire scene just baffles me in terms of like what's going on piece by piece. I just did not follow it how I normally would in a normal movie. Mm-hmm. Um, like how so? Um, so a good example here. So, and keep in mind, I, I don't think that like plot holes make or break a movie, but I like to point them out just because they're kind of funny to talk about, I think. Yeah, of course. And something that I noted when watching the movie for the second time is they're showing, you know, the news reporters all around the museum and they're going, oh, here's the Black Knight, our very first case. And then Daphne points out the pterodactyl costume and you can clearly mm-hmm. see it's a costume. Mm-hmm. And then a few moments, like literally probably 30 seconds later, now it's been switched out with the real pterodactyl. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we find out later there's like a hatch underneath this. So I'm wondering how on earth and when did it switch out? When did, I, how did no one see this? Yes. <laughs> no one saw the and whole like, bottom open. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, what, what bothers me about that too is as I keep like watching it is, they were so desperately trying to set up Patrick as this like grand right herring because like everything everything points back to him and like he's the curator of the museum he was probably there when it was being built who put the hatch in if it wasn't for him (laughs) (laughs) right and you know when you're watching it you know again after you know that Patrick isn't the villain you're constantly questioning like some of the things he does throughout the movie in general yeah, it's it's so weird to me that they, to me, without the whole like mask revealing scene at the end, if you just like cut it off, it, it's very clear that it's definitely Patrick because yeah. like it doesn't really make sense in a lot of other ways. Like there's that whole shrine to Jacobo near the end and it's like, <laughs> why would Jacobo have a shrine of himself? But, well, and I asked that too, but Derek and I always have a, a laugh with the fact that in every episode, they always set somebody up to make it look like they're going to be the bad guy. But it turns out that that person's really just an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like in that scene yeah. where Shaggy and Scooby, they, I think they already left the faux ghost at this point. Yeah. And they like went back for a second. Time. Yeah. Cause this is after the museum got robbed the second time and they run into Patrick roughing up that one guy that was, and he's just like, I'm going to, you know, beat you up or whatever. If you don't find out what happened to my museum and he's freaking out. And I'm like, he has like a split personality or something. He's like a really angry guy and he's not the villain. No. And (laughs) we decided that he had a split personality and I named him Henry. The the other personality. The second personality is Henry. (laughs) Henry. Henry. Any specific reason for Henry? No, that's just what came to me. He's Henry. I love it. He popped up later when, Henry popped up later when, um, (laughs) after he saved Velma from hanging on the, the great floor and mm-hmm. when the pterodactyl comes down and he freaks out he pushes her back down the <laughs> hole <laughs> i'm thinking oh my gosh he just tried to kill Obama this time <laughs> that's yeah that is interesting i also i also like that the two names are just like you could put them together and it's like yeah. you know famous american you know, patrick henry <laughs> yes <laughs> i was hanging out with patrick and henry the other day Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I love that. I wish they built upon that because what a weird twist would it be if it really was Patrick, but it was it was Henry. It was like it was his. Yeah. So like so like Patrick himself was like kind of roughing up the villain, the like the the henchman person, just to be like, I genuinely don't know who robbed my museum. Go find <laughs> out. And then like th- then like that could explain why the henchman was like really freaked out because it's like it, it was you, man. Like what are you talking about? Like. <laughs> 
Um, another thing that I noted in the intro portion when they're talking about all the monsters, and I have listened to a couple episodes of your uh, Month of Monsters podcast prior to this. Ooh, and fun. I know that you guys have questioned, some of your other guests have questioned, like, the continuity of this movie in relation to, like, the cartoons and yeah. like, where it sets in the timeline. And something that I was kind of pointing out to Shannon was how they specifically say that the Black Knight was their very first case. And then Velma shows the reporters the Chickenstein. And the fun thing is that the Chickenstein monster was actually a villain from a pup named Scooby-Doo, which would yes. have been before the Black Knight. Yes. So I had mentioned this uh, on, on like a previous um, episode, uh, like about how like because they showed themselves being like kids and stuff, and like they were saying, mm-hmm. "Oh, we were we were even solving mysteries back then." Yeah. And like I had it in my head that like, um, in my head I was like, well. You could just say that a pup named Scooby-Doo, their whole gang name in there was the Scooby-Doo Detective Agency, not That's Mystery right. Inc. Yeah. And so you could say like, oh, but but then of course, because my headcanon at that point was, that's why the museum, or like, you know, you could just say that, that the museum is specifically for Mystery Inc., but then Chickenstein is there, so it kind of like gets it confusing. But yeah, yeah I don't know. It's interesting. Well, then here's a question I have for you then. Do you think that these movies take place in the same universe as the the prequel movies? As like uh, the mystery begins or... Yeah, and the Curse of the Lake Monster movies. Do you think those are supposed to be the same universes? I think they're supposed to be. And like, and that's why I've always, I mean, I can't remember too much about the, the curse of the lake monster, but at least for mystery begins, my headcanon there was they hadn't, like, because obviously that was their first case and it wasn't the Black Knight ghost. Yeah. So I, I was, my headcanon was, well, they weren't officially Mystery Inc. at that point, I guess. So you could okay. argue that either way. But again, that goes back to the Chickenstein thing where it's like, well, Chickenstein wasn't when they were Mystery Inc. Because that would have been before high school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, I don't know. I, I feel like those movies played with a lot of the continuity, like fast and loose, just like, ah, no one will question it. But yeah. we are. We're right <laughs> here questioning it. <laughs> On day 14. <laughs> that's right <laughs> i mean the scooby timeline in general is just all fucked i mean let's come yeah. It's- <laughs> yeah i mean even just like because this movie obviously takes place in coolsville but then you have like other shows like mystery crystal inc cove yeah and, with crystal yeah. cove yeah well here's something for you did you know that coolsville is supposed to take place in ohio coolsville ohio yeah, yeah really which yeah. is weird to us being michiganders because we i don't think there's any cool place in ohio but oh, <laughs> sorry to your ohio listeners but no that's perfectly fine with me i grew up in michigan as well yeah oh, so you know ohio yeah. sucks oh of course i had well so my my dad was from ohio and his parents lived in ohio so we would travel there occasionally to like see our grandparents and there was like a huge rivalry between like members of yep. our family jeez oh, <laughs> <laughs> it was a ton of fun. Yeah, I grew up in uh, in Portage, kind of near Kalamazoo area. Oh, okay. okay. Other side of the state mm-hmm. from us. We're just north oh, of yeah. Detroit. Oh, nice, 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 nice. Oh, small world. That's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, Coolsville, Ohio. I never yeah. thought. I never saw it as Ohio. That's it's so interesting. Ohio in the third movie, actually. Oh, is it? Yeah. <sighs> they um. I think there was a scene in that movie where they show Shaggy's driver's license and it's an Ohio driver's license. And then in the fourth movie, 
I think that takes place on like Lake Erie or something. Oh, so they like yeah. they do some traveling, but and that's if yeah. you consider those movies the same Coolsville as this Coolsville. But yeah. you know, there's like twelve different Coolsville all throughout the <laughs> United States. Yeah. <laughs> well, I had a previous guest on who thought because Coolsville was at least in this franchise in like the live action stuff, it was established in the first one. Um, but it was just a line that Velma said where uh, she was like, "Daphne was the coolest girl in Coolsville," and I had a previous guest who was like, "I didn't think they." meant like literally i thought that was just like a turn of phrase like to, to say like someone's cool is like oh yeah. they're the coolest person in coolsville well you Which, know coolsville like, was a thing before these movies because it yes. was created in a pup named scooby-doo yes correct uh but like i just meant like in terms of yeah in terms of the live action stuff it was yeah. like it was established briefly in the first one and then like they really oh, hit hard in that, it to be honest i haven't yeah, seen that movie it was, in a very long time to be honest yeah, it was when they were doing like the whole Scrappy Doo flashback, and Velma was yeah. like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah it's coming about back." Everyone, to me. yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, I loved that because I, I a pup named Scooby Doo is probably the show where I fell in love with Scooby Doo. Uh, for me, because I, you know, I, I don't know. There's just something really fun about it with the whole like the red herring gag, which oh, I'm yeah. still, <laughs> I'm still upset that like Patrick was the red herring and he wasn't literally playing the character of red herring, right. which would have been. <laughs> Wanted, I just I wanted that villain to make some sort of appearance. Yeah, even yeah. if it was at like what was it the faux ghost? Something mm-hmm. the faux ghost had so much opportunity. It was already great, but like just a character yeah. in the background <laughs> dressed as him. That's all I wanted. Something I noted yeah. about the faux ghost. I don't know if you've seen this before, Scott. Um, mm-hmm. When Shaggy and Scooby are like peering out um, behind the barrels or wherever they are when they're looking at the faux ghost and they're like, oh, look, there's Sion Magnus and uh, who was the other one? Uh, uh, Agni... Aggie so, Wilkins. Aggie, Aggie, Aggie yeah, Wilkins, yeah. That's right, that's right. Um, so I had two notes for that scene, actually. So for one, those actually were the names of those villains that they said they were, being yeah. uh, Redbeard the Pirate and the Ozark Witch. And then if you notice on the faux ghost, like, neon sign, mm-hmm. it's actually the Funland robot from Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? <gasps> Really? Yeah. yeah. So the three pictures show him like slowly being like the mask being taken off. Yeah, it's like a it has like three different like neon signs as the lights turn on and off. It shows the mask being unmasked and it's the the Funland robot. Oh wow. I can't believe I haven't noticed that. I I noticed it like really briefly during our first watching, but I didn't write anything down or anything until the second watching. I wanted to be sure, but yeah, I, I thought it was kind of cool even though that monster didn't make an appearance in this movie. Yeah, is that I feel really dumb now because like that. So that robot, does it also go by the name Charlie the Robot? Yes. Yep. Charlie yes. the Bahana Robot. Yep. Okay. So I am positive that on previous episodes, I've been referring to him as Andy the Robot. So. Andy the robot. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's Charlie the Haunted Robot. Charlie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to go back and edit all the previous episodes. Okay. And just like really roughly putting me over Andy. It'll just be like, you know, and that's when Charlie the Robot was. <laughs> 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 Whoops. <laughs> well, I'm glad it at least got corrected at some point in this whole thing. Yeah. You're about halfway through. You're fine. Yeah. Oh, man. You know, I love the, the whole faux ghosts uh, sequence. It's just so it's so interesting that that's, you know, the fact that there's that whole uh, bar of just the villains that it's that all villains caught. from their past. But that <laughs> bar was so cool. Like, I want to mm-hmm. go there. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Like, like that's the one good thing Ohio has, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then something too, because 
I know that you've made some points about how this movie really doesn't have to be the sequel. Like, you could watch the Scooby-Doo movie and the Scooby-Doo 2 movie in either order and they would be fine. Yeah. But I will say that in the Scooby-Doo 2 movie, there are a lot of instances where you see imagery of the gang from the first movie. Yeah. So, like, in the Faux Ghost, like, when they're doing those... Uh, darts. Th- when they're throwing the darts, and it shows all five <laughs> members of the gang, but they're in their costumes from the first movie. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's that, and, like, the only other main plot point, I think, from the first movie that's established is that Daphne turns... Like, she learns how to fight um, in the first movie, which comes up in this one when she fights the Black Knight ghost. Which I really liked that concept, I like mm-hmm. Daphne. I'm a fan of hers. And so I like mm-hmm. the fact that, you know, especially in the first one, she was like, I was tired of being the damsel in distress. And so she became a badass. But it's a, it's a matter of if you can separate Daphne being a badass from um, Daphne being portrayed by Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and that was my issue. Okay. I love that actress. Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yeah. I love her. And then I like Daphne. But I didn't like the combo. I didn't like, I don't know. I don't think she was. But you like the idea of Daphne being a badass. Yes. I like the idea of Daphne being a badass. Just Mm -hmm. not by her. I don't know. It was weird. Yeah. I kind of get what you're saying. Yeah. I don't know. I I like my favorite part with Daphne in this movie was when she got them all out of the the cage. Yes. Yes. Like MacGyvered her way out of it. I wanted more of that. From and Daphne. speaking of those cages, <laughs> we had such an issue with those cages. Yes. So the Black Knight just got out of jail two months mm-hmm. ago. Yeah, Mr. Wickles did. So, Correct. who died? Like somebody had to have died in those cages over the past decades. However that he's many been years in jail. he's been in jail, people have been ringing That's... his doorbell. Who's releasing them? Like who's letting him out? <laughs> I can't believe I never thought of that. That's <laughs> amazing. Because I was, you know, and Daphne like very easily got out, and like these other two people could have been sitting there the, for the Girl Scout and the Jehovah's Witnesses. And yeah, like they could have oh been there God. for days. We don't know. Like, yeah, you're right. There had to have been just other cages full of like just skeletons like, at that point. Could you imagine like coming home from jail to like go see what's down in your basement? Like you probably don't remember. You haven't been home in like 20 years and you mm-hmm. come down in the basement and there's just a whole bunch of skeletons. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, and you know, and you can't say that it's like a, an attendant or someone like like an employee of Mr. Wickles because the automated voice says that the resident or, you know, Mr. Wickles will be home By at five seven, o'clock to yeah. set you free. So it is Mr. Wickle's responsibility to let them That's go. That's true. Unless he set all of this up in the last two months, which I don't believe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it feels like, yeah, it honestly feels like he'd have to, that would be a lot to do in like yep. two months. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then another thing, I don't know if you've listened to our episode reviewing a what a night for a night on our podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like that. Mr. Wickles being the Black Knight, like, his whole mansion is furnished with, like, knight statues and yeah. knight artwork like, and he stuff was, like that. He was very into being the Black Knight. We have yeah. this idea that he wasn't the only one in his crime, you know, stealing and forging all that artwork. Um, we've had canon the Art Swindlers gang, and they they all wear knight costumes. So we think that his mansion is just furnished with Art Swindlers gang memorabilia. 
Oh, I like it. Yeah, I do. But I, I love that gigantic statue that he has, oh like God. right it's in great. that opening. <laughs> it's so good, and I want one for myself, please. Yeah. For some reason, it reminds me of the painting from Ghostbusters Two, and I don't know why. Do you know what I'm talking about? The evil painting. I've never seen Ghostbusters Two. Oh, okay. I watched it with you, Shannon. I'm surprised you don't remember. Yeah, like one of the main villains is like trapped in this painting and he oh. looked exactly like the statue in this movie. Oh man. <laughs> You'll have to look it up. I, I think that they look alike. That's incredible. I just, that whole, I've talked about it so much before, but I can't stop gushing over how much I love like the set design of, of Wickles Manor in this movie. It's, I don't know. It, there's something about like, even when they first pull up to it and there's like the shot of like the bats flying out of it, yep. which is like yeah. very reminiscent of like the opening. It was very Scooby-Doo. It's yeah. like, it's yeah. like that mansion in the intro. Yeah, for the, yeah exactly. The yeah. It's just like that. I wouldn't like to see this mansion in any other kind of movie, I think. Yeah, like, and because like it's spooky, but it's also like got these bright, vibrant colors, and, and, and yeah, you know, yeah. Well, I also love when Scooby and Shaggy are in the mansion and they're looking for clues, and Scooby is like off in you know, his bedroom or whatever, looking, and he keeps finding like these like safes that have stickers on them that say like "secret, do not open." Yeah. And instead, he reaches above and he grabs whatever, and then he looks in the drawer, and there's a diary that says "private, do not read," and he pulls out underwear as a clue. <laughs> it's such, yeah, that's good. That's that's some good Scooby humor, I think. Yes. This movie was kind of all over the place with the humor, and like some oh, of it yeah. landed, and some of it didn't quite for me. It's a yeah. period piece when you consider the fart and the crotch jokes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there were at least three, you know, kicking or hurting someone in the crotch area. In this movie, with you know the Black Knight being kicked by Velma, mm-hmm. and later on when Fred attached the the jumper cable, yeah. <laughs> when he when he attached him to the ten thousand volt ghost, which is a terrifying yeah. ghost, by the way. Oh my god, yes. the ten thousand volt ghost terrifies us to no end. No, I'm exactly the same way. No, because number one, I think it's one of the only CGI elements that still holds up, in my opinion. Like it yeah. looks, it looks fine. It looks great. Mm-hmm. And also, just like I don't know, electricity is just inherently kind of terrifying. And the way that he like rips himself out of like the bolts of of electricity, and yeah. he's just he's got that creepy voice, and like, ugh, yeah. Well, not to mention the fact that he aids the Black Knight with going back to the museum to steal all the other costumes. Can you imagine that monster attacking? the museum and like running rampant all over the place that'd be so much worse than what happened in the first scene with the pterodactyl yeah although i will say and i've brought this up before but sorry everybody i (laughs) am still confused about that very opening scene like the lightning bolt that strikes the window oh derek said that too because it was like it didn't make any sense it wasn't any part of the plot it just kind of happened it was very convenient for the evil masked figure whose name is really dumb but (laughs) i know i want a new name for him yeah can we create one please Please. because like evil masked figure is not very iconic when I was younger, I you know, because I loved this movie a lot when I was younger, and I played, I don't know if you've ever played the Scooby-Doo Night of 100 Frights video game. It's the best Scooby-Doo video it, game, I have down. it sitting in, right in front of me. A, a oh, fan no. sent it. A fan sent it to me on GameCube, and I didn't oh, own a game. I didn't own a GameCube, so I had to go out and buy a GameCube. Oh, no. <laughs> now, okay, I played it on the PS2. And gotcha. again, hands down, best Scooby-Doo video game out there. And the main villain in that mo- in that video game is the Mastermind, and he actually brings back their past villains as well. Not in the same way, but he's bringing back 
you know, villains from the past. So mm-hmm. in my mind, I liked to associate him with the evil mask figure. So I used to call him the mastermind when I was younger. I like it. I think we should just, yeah, like headcanon the two ideas together. The yeah. mastermind. Yeah, so this is the mastermind. The mastermind. I'll go with it. But, you know, when Heather Jasper Howe even named herself as the evil masked figure on one point, when she was doing the news report, she's like, will Mystery Inc. Uh, surrender themselves to the evil masked figure? So, like, so that is your name. Like, you thought about yeah. that name for well, yourself. I mean, she's in the news. Point. Like, even if mm-hmm. everybody else was calling the evil masked figure that, she could have been like, so he has disclosed to me that this is really his name. You know, she could have bullshitted it. Yeah, like, yeah, it's very J. Jonah Jameson-esque, like, coming up with the yeah. villain names. Like, how about Dr. Octopus? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, jeez. I, so I, I just, I something that was pointed out to me or something that I noticed rather on my, on my watch through about Heather Jasper. Howe is the fact that I just thought Heather Jasper. Howe was like her first middle and last name, but Jasper. Howe is, is hyphenated, which makes me think that either she got married and like took someone's like name, like oh hyphenated or, and then that made me think, wait, what's Ned's last name? Are the oh two of God. them married? Well, well, they cuddled, they cuddled, they cuddled. But, see, I feel like he would have mentioned that they were married. So I'm going to yeah. just say that, Jonathan Jacobo, disguised as Heather Jasper Howe, in the last three years managed to get a job as a news reporter in Coolsville, got yes. married to mm-hmm. whoever, we don't know, and Someone. is also cheating on that person with <laughs> Ned. <laughs> or like, could you imagine that poor husband at home, and then let alone finding out you're married to an old man who like escaped from jail, and also are being cheated on <laughs> by a <I'm> cameraman? <laughs> On top of all that, wow. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, he's a busy man because he's doing all of this while formulating this revenge plan against Mystery Inc. Yeah. And, like, I, and like there's a point where Daphne kind of catches him, at, like, you know, as Heather Jasper Howe. Yes, like, oh, yeah. it's you. You're the okay, masked figure. Okay. So, yes. Do you have thoughts? Tell yes. me your thoughts. So, so the whole joke is because I – have an ongoing for every single villain there is always a sidekick it's never mm-hmm. just the one person and so because there's always questions and so we were watching it and at that point i was like it's definitely the girl it's yeah. definitely the news reporter mm-hmm. and all of a sudden the evil mass figure popped up on the roof and i screamed that doesn't mean anything but aside from that, I like that like I like that Heather Jasper Howe's like calling out Daphne as being like the useless member of the gang. Yes. When she's shown time and time again throughout this movie alone that she is not useless. And she's also yes. the only one who suspects Heather Jasper Howe as the villain and is correct in that assumption. Yes, I've I've talked about this a lot. I think it's so weird to me that her arc is that like Oh, you're just the pretty face. When up to that point, she has done everything right on the right. team. Well, <laughs> I have an issue with yeah. all of the characters' arcs, to be honest. Yeah, because they're oh, all, for sure. you know, because Shaggy and Scooby, they're feeling like screw ups the entire movie. And the only reason why, like, I feel like the city thinks that they're screw ups is because of the fake news that Heather Jasper Howe is portraying. But mm-hmm. you know, aside from that. The whole city, I don't understand why the city hates Mystery Inc. after the first instance of the museum being robbed because, like, none of that was their fault. No. And right. I and get, also, like, the, sorry, the, just the fine. thing, it, it, a small part to go along with that is 
yeah, they have that clip of saying of Fred saying, little old Coolsville can solve its problems without us. But also, there's literally every other witness heard him scream, the people of Coolsville are the best exactly. in the world! And I was actually just telling Shannon when we watched it the second time that that happened before they even entered the museum. So, like, there's tons of people behind him in that clip. Like, can people not tell that this is before the incident? Yeah, exactly. Ugh, it's so weird. But... Um, going back to my point about Scooby and Shaggy's arc, like they feel like screw ups and they're feeling about this way like throughout the entire movie. And the only legitimate point, in, in my opinion, that they have a reason to think that way is when they brought to life all the other monsters. Yeah, which I don't even think like anyone else knew about. Like, no. Yeah. I, you know, I don't even. Did, did Fred Daphne and Velma find out that they brought them back? No. I don't think so. Because they think, walked yeah. in right as the monsters had. I mean, I'm sure it's not hard to figure out, but uh, they had all walked in, like, just as the monsters had, like, come out of their little pod things. Okay, so they don't actually Mm -hmm. have, like, definitive knowledge that it was Shaggy and Scooby. But But they were probably like, oh, that happened. You can put two and two together. Yeah, Yeah, because they saw that the machine was off, and then they come in, and Shaggy and Scooby are by the machine, so it's just like... Well, what could happen? And then there's Velma, who is, you know, having her love crisis with Patrick. I don't get it because, you know, she's saying that she's not hot and he doesn't like her. He asked her out. Like, clearly he thinks that. Yeah. That's a a girl thing, though. Are you? Okay. Like, that's a girl thing. I'll only chalk it up to you because you're the only girl here, but... I mean, I like, I, I, I kind of get it, because, like, th- the way that it was established was Patrick thinks, like, he even said this line about how, like, she's an international woman of, of mystery and yeah. intrigue and stuff like that. And she was afraid that by spending time with her, that he would realize, oh, you're just, like, a person. Yeah. And, she okay. was, and she was like, I-, I want him to think that I'm this, you know, like, you know, mysterious, you know, Jet, jet setter, setter. and Which then that's when that awful outfit she was wearing <laughs> and my favorite line of the movie who's your mom oh my <laughs> god <laughs> my mommy <laughs> he was so like concerned by that when he was like my, my, my mommy are you okay <laughs> um but we touched on daphne's arc you know a moment ago about feeling useless but then there's fred who out of nowhere already like more than halfway through the film has this like fragile masculinity crisis where he thinks that talking about his feelings makes him a wimp like where did this come from yes i don't i've been i so i i talked to this with, with some friends off mic before um and their whole thought was maybe it has to do with the fact that you know he wants to be this leader of the gang so he wants to like go on camera and portray himself as like you know this like masculine like yeah we're gonna get these guys but every time he does his words are twisted around and so he's just like uh you know and that's why he says the line like you know talking's for whips we need action or something but like even know. still yeah i know even still it's very it just comes out of nowhere because even he does delivers that line to the black knight ghost about like you know you can't fool me with that macho facade you need to embrace your sensitive side you touched my (laughs) inner child (laughs) yeah oh yeah but what gets me with fred is that he acts so fragile around daphne who at this point it's canon that it's his fiance. Oh my god! Okay, I, I told you about how the book says that they're engaged, Scott. Yes, I still haven't gotten the the, the book in quite yet, but I'm very excited okay. for it. Yeah, I mean, don't consider it a spoiler because that's like on the first page, literally. Yeah. It literally <laughs> has it was, on the first. page. I was teasing when I, I said know. that. <laughs> yeah, um, but it's literally first page, and every chapter is from like 
every um, character's perspective. So the first chapter is from Velma's point of view. Mm-hmm. And she's like describing their success and how they're doing, and Fred and Daphne are so happy and that they're engaged. So I'm just thinking, like this entire time, that you know, Fred, Daphne, they're canon engaged in this movie, and they can't talk about their feelings. And then at the end of them, and they don't have any chemistry in this movie. Either. No, okay. No. So I looked that up because that was my biggest issue. Is like I love you know, like I said, I love the the girl that plays Daphne and everything, but. They're married in real life. Yeah, Freddie Prince Jr. Yes. and Sarah Michelle, yeah. And mm-hmm. at this point for the second movie, they've been married for two years. And you're playing characters that are engaged. So you think that they would have fantastic, amazing, loving chemistry. And, like, mm-hmm. whenever it's a scene of the two of them, it's just weird and awkward. Yeah, it's just – it doesn't feel like – I, I kind of get that because it even feels like there were scenes. I, I feel like there was a ton cut out of this movie, a ton of additional Likely. stuff. Yeah. That they, and, and cause there's even a point when they go back to their, you know, like childhood treehouse thing and like Fred and Daphne enter it really angrily. Like they're just like, like he like slams the door open, like walks in and she's kind of chasing after him. But it's like, they, the last thing that they had was Fred just being like, you know, talking to him. He was more mopey than angry. And I felt like yeah. they cut, they cut out like an actual fight that they might've had. But, and then of course they just, there's that whole bit at the end where he's like, you know, I used to think that the fame was like all important, but I guess I found something better. And it's, I, I just said that to Shannon too. I'm just like, aren't you engaged? Like you already have her. Like yeah. you found me a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> I've been here. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah because like yeah and like i i just discovered watching this movie like you know this is my 14th time i think daphne's whole thing more so than like the like the you're just a pretty face i think more importantly is that she has this line that she says really early on in the movie where she tells scooby and shaggy that image is everything and almost yes. everything she does after that point reflects that like philosophy because she's always trying to get pre- uh, Fred to not talk to the press just mm-hmm. to maintain their image. She's trying to help Velma look like the image of a mysterious jet setter. Uh, all that. I think about that. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well you know, you got to watch this movie for two weeks. Well, in yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. You're going to grab all of the little details. <laughs> I want to know who owned that orange leather jumpsuit. Because 100%, I will guarantee Velma did not own that. And it's in orange, so why would Daphne have it? Great point. Uh, so my my headcanon with that is it's clear throughout the movie that Mystery Incorporated has some sort of personal clothing line. Oh my god, every- they have like a brand and yeah. headquarters yeah. and everything, yeah. And like Velma's the <clears throat> only one, I think, who doesn't wear a specific thing that says Mystery Ink on it or, or anything like that. Cause Did Shaggy? Sh- Shaggy had it on his sleeve, like the, the white sleeve had a Mystery Incorporated oh, logo yeah. on it. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, Fred had a t-shirt and... And Daphne had a t-shirt with her face on it when she was yeah, fighting. Oh my God. I love that. <laughs> so good. Um, and then, so I'm just wondering if like Velma's whole thing is like she could, I don't know. Like they have to have some sort of like weird clothing brand deal of, of something. That I don't know. That thing just really weirds me out. And again, like in terms of, of the really complex Scooby-Doo timeline, like how far into their careers are they to where they have this really high tech headquarters that must be funded I don't know, by Daphne's dad or something. And yeah. then you've got 
you know, the clothing line. They have, like, a logo, which is pretty nice. See, I always just assumed, like, after the first Scooby-Doo movie, then, like, their name took off and people probably, like, hired them for mysteries. And now they're, like, controversial public figures with protests outside their uh, corners. (laughs) People know them by first name. Well, because it was already that way in the first movie. Yeah. Um, Because, like, they already had, they, they are, like, yeah, they already had a fan club and, like, yeah, like, what was it? Velma was working at NASA and Fred was like doing talks around. The, that was after they broke yeah. up. That was when they broke up, but they, yeah, but they were still famous enough that, that like they could do that People, stuff. Yeah, Cause, Cause they, yeah, like they, he like Fred would sign like teen magazines or something for the fans that would yeah. come in. And yeah. Yeah. Cause after they saw that Luna ghost mystery, like they were on the news and shit. Like, yeah, they're definitely mm-hmm. well established by that point too. You're right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. The, yeah, the lore is complicated to get into, but I mean, and then of course there's like all the, there's like the flashback in that movie too, which talks about how they, they were doing it long enough with even Scrappy was around and yeah, yeah, I don't know. Time it weirds wise. me out to think that they just abandoned Scooby's nephew in the middle yeah, of like the it, desert. <laughs> literally in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Honestly, don't care. <laughs> Well, we discussed this on um, a recent episode of our podcast um, about Scrappy, you know, because apparently in the first Scooby-Doo movie, Velma says that he's not even a puppy. He has a glandular problem or something. And That's right. then we're um, watching episodes right now involving Scrappy. And I shared a fun fact that I learned from this new book about um, it's like an encyclopedia. And it's actually a fact that Scrappy is only two years younger than Scooby really yes scooby is apparently seven years old and scrappy is five huh see doesn't that like kill you a little bit (laughs) that is strange because like even it would make sense if scrappy was like really young because like puppies like dogs grow up fast so it would be like you know a year or two between dogs would be the difference between a tiny newborn puppy and like a full-grown adult but like the fact that he's five yeah yeah oh that's weird It, it weirds me out though because like he loves scooby so much up until the first movie. Um, <laughs> but in all the episodes, like, he loves Scooby so much. And I'm like, but you're, like, an adult. Yeah, you are. <laughs> he keeps saying puppy power, but, like. But, like, you're an you're adult. You're not a puppy <laughs> anymore. Grow <Yeah>. up. <laughs> Grow up, man. Um, <sighs> so I have a question for you, Scott. And, you know, I yeah. want to hear your answer because Shannon and I keep asking this to each other. And we really, we've come to the conclusion that there was another instance where they brought monsters to life. So Mm -hmm. the first round of well, there were four rounds of monsters actually that were created. The first round was with the pterodactyl ghost that was made. Mm -hmm. That pterodactyl attacked the museum and it stole the black Knight costume and the 10,000 vault ghost. Yes. And then those two monsters come and they steal all the rest of the costumes. Now before Shaggy and Scooby bring to life you know, the the tar monster, Minor 49er, Captain Cutler, and the zombie, we've already seen the skeleton men alive. And yeah. later on, we see the cotton candy glob and also the Black Knight's horse. And a ship. Yeah. And, and a ghost ship. 
when were those brought to life <laughs> slash created? So first of all, on the horse, I had a whole podcast earlier discussing if the horse was just a regular horse or if it was a ghost horse, but it has to be a ghost horse because its yes. eyes are glowing red. Well, yeah. and that was because Derek thought it was a real ghost and, or a real horse. And I said, no, because it's, it's glowing. Like it has mm-hmm. to be a ghost horse. But yeah. like, when was it the cotton candy glob? And the skeleton men brought to life. And where the fuck did the evil masked figure get that ghost ship? Yeah, and like, <laughs> and if there were those those different waves, why did he just stop? Like, because yeah. clearly Shaggy and Scooby are just like hitting buttons and they're making it work. So like, why did why did the evil masked figure just stop at like the ones that he had and was like, uh, we we'll, we'll do the rest of these later. And my question is. Why, like, how did he choose? Why would you choose the cotton candy glob and skeleton men over the tar monster and, like, the Niner 49er who blows fire? Yeah. Right. Yeah, because even the tar monster was, like, the one at the end where the evil masked figure, or the mastermind, if we're going to. Mastermind. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it was the one where he was like, it's not them you have to worry about. It's, you know, the, this one. And it was the tar monster. So clearly yeah. he understood the power of the tar monster, but didn't want to make it himself. He just yeah. waited for Shaggy and Scooby to screw it up and until they made it. Uh. Yeah. And, you know, and the kind of candy glob and the skeleton men are both really useless monsters in the grand scheme of things. The cotton candy glob is like just for show, honestly, because he's dead in like two seconds. And not only that, he doesn't even exist outside of this movie. Like there's no actual cotton candy glob monster in the cartoons. Like he was just a gag in the faux ghost scene where that guy was arguing with the other guy over the scarier him or the, the ghost clown. And then when he gets eaten and then there's the skeleton men, which all around are just not threatening at all. No, they're like proto minions, (laughs) basically. (laughs) But like Velma is, and like the the whole gang actually like jump very much with around them. Like when they first run into them, they all jump like eight feet in the air and run in different directions. And then like Velma's so scared of them at one point, and I'm like, they're not that scary. I mean, they're scary visually, but in terms of like what they can actually do to you, they've done nothing. Yeah, like yeah, and. and Yeah, sorry. And, like, Velma even, like, recognized, she calls them, like, the skeleton screwballs. So, like, she yeah. even yeah. she even understands that they're just, like, goofy. Yeah. And, you know, because every other monster, aside from the Cotton Candy Glob, has presented some sort of threat or threatening, you know, characteristic about them. You know, the Captain Cutler, he shoots that harpoon gun. Uh, Minor 49er blows fire now. He didn't do that in the original cartoon, but he does that now. The zombie projectile vomits. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that actor that got puked on is actually credited on IMDb. Really? Yes. Yep, as That's... the vomit reporter. And I actually... <laughs> I also like I was looking through the list of like IMDb like cast members. They actually credit the the female body of Shaggy when they when they're eating and drinking the potions. Oh fantastic. Like, actually a name. Her name is Nazamin Afshan Jam. I Let's think get her on the podcast. Yeah. Let's get <laughs> her on the podcast. That's the one you need to bring in, is that yes, woman who please. plays Shaggy's female body. Because I want to uh, know how she felt about that. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> that whole sequence was very strange well from that sequence we established that shaggy went to college yeah that's right that's right i'm gonna assume that fred daphne and velma did too but like what were their majors so i have the question i have a guess i think they all went for like 
smart things. I think they went for like forensics. Yeah, at least like, Velma Daphne yeah. and Fred. Like mm-hmm. I think Velma Daphne and Fred went for like chemistry, forensics, like even maybe to learn about electronics. Like they mm-hmm. actually got the most of their college education. Yeah, I mean they're <laughs> definitely demonstrating that knowledge when they're reverse engineering the yeah. control panel. Yeah. For um, sure. I want to talk about what Shaggy's first year of college would have been like because he was this buff dumb guy and when he like came back down he was like whoa that was almost exactly like my freshman year of college and I was like what did you do at college? (laughs) Well so because I know that in like the first like I don't know in in the first couple episodes of the original cartoon of of Scooby-Doo where are you wasn't it established that Shaggy was like a gymnast or something in the first episode he's claimed to be the swingingest gymnast in school but like but like you don't need to I feel like being buff would be not helpful as a gymnast no it wouldn't yeah because he uses that to break into the museum that Mr. Wickles was haunting as the Black Knight Mm -hmm. yeah I don't know. Well, I know one of them had to major in fashion to get that clothing line going. <laughs> or graphic design or something. Well, yeah, or know, something like that. And I assume that would probably be Daphne. She probably got like a marketing degree and, and fashion. Oh, yeah. Something. For sure. Yeah, I mean, especially because, as we all know, image is everything. Yeah. So. Image is everything. Oh, and yeah. you learn that in marketing, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love the idea that, yeah, that's in my headcanon now that Daphne went, <laughs> Daphne went for marketing. I love it. You know it. what? Scott, did you ever watch Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated? Of course I did. Did you watch all of it? Yes, I did. Okay. I know where they went to college. They went to Miskatonic University. Remember when the new Mr. E, he offered all of them scholarships, including Scooby-Doo to university? Mm -hmm. They went to school there. And then Shaggy got buff for some reason. Yeah. But only for his freshman year of college? Only freshman. Hmm. And then he lost it all? Now, see, here's my question. Is he talking about being buff or being a woman? Or being stupid. Yeah, or being stupid. Uh, yeah. And there's a huh. lot of questions. Yeah. There, the one thing I keep forgetting to, to point out about that sequence is when he tries to uh, revert Scooby back from the monster and he like gives him the liquid and he goes, this looks medicinal. Oh my God, yeah. Shannon brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> well, Derek Astley hates when they do marijuana jokes. I don't. Me I, too. Oh, thank you. Okay. Oh. I don't like it. I think that it's unique to these movies that they play up the fact that sh- or that Shaggy is a pothead. stoner, yeah. you know, pothead character, and you only see it here. Everywhere else, it's just headcanon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I want to be clear: like, I have no issues if you if you if you do the marijuanas, as no, you can I, tell. We don't either. <laughs> no, yeah, we're I, fine I'm with super. Too, but... I'm super hip. I know what's up. <laughs> but like, but like, yeah, with uh, with Shaggy, I don't know. I, I've never seen him that way. It's never I been know, that way I to haven't. me. Well, I'm... and that's like because in the first movie, when she says, "Hi, my name's Mary Jane," and he's like, "That's my favorite name." <laughs> Yep. And, then, <laughs> and then there's me being a six-year-old in the theater not getting that joke. So I'm like, ha-ha, Mary Jane's a funny name. I don't know why. <laughs> and then, like, you know, now and then in this one, when they're all walking up and they all notice, you know, their that little the sand smell. group. Well, no, because Shaggy smells yeah, something. So and then he sh- looks and they're all laughing at him. He's like, hey! Like, there's my group. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like that it was... is how potheads find each other. So oh, is it? It's yeah. the smell. <laughs> <laughs> you walk out, you I... smell it, you find your people. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I do that. I go for for like, you know, I walk a lot to it, like in my neighborhood and occasionally I'll just smell marijuana. I'll be like, oh, someone's someone's up to something. Yeah. Today. Yeah. Someone's having some fun. <laughs> That's I'll never right. forget this time. I uh, went to a Nick Jonas concert and I was like behind the scenes and everything. I could smell it somewhere. I'm like who is smoking here right now? Is it Nick Jonas? <laughs> is it his, like, who is doing this? <laughs> uh, I will say, though, I, I think they toned it down a lot for this movie compared to the first Definitely. one. Oh, oh yeah. Because yeah. there were multiple jokes like that in the first movie, weren't there? I yeah. think so. There was it's... the whole bit with them and, like, the they, they like do an establishing shot in the mystery machine and there's, like, smoke right, coming out smoke of it. coming out, right. Yeah, yep, yep. Yeah. There was probably something else and that was in there. Maybe, I don't know, maybe some Scooby snack joke or something. I don't know. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Had you know, now that I'm thinking about it, they didn't have Scooby snacks in this movie. They didn't. Yeah. I, I felt like, cause I mean, there are different lores about like, you know, Scooby snack would just be, it was even established uh, in the first movie of, of these live action ones that Scooby snacks are just a thing that you can buy. Like, yes, cause Mary are. Jane had them. So yeah. like, I thought a really good way to do that would to incorporate that would be have the Girl Scout sell Scooby snacks or something. That'd be oh, funny. That would cute. Yeah. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, the the third and the fourth movies, they couldn't be the same universe because in the first movie, in the third one, mm-hmm. Shaggy created Scooby snacks in that one. He made a <gasps> snack and he gave it to Scooby, and then at the end of the movie, he's like, "Scooby, do you want a Scooby snack?" And he's like, "A Scooby snack." And Shaggy's like, "Yeah, you like these treats so much, I decided to name them after you." Well, so maybe that's part of their brand. Maybe they are well, the no, masterminds uh. behind Scooby Snacks. Yeah, but then again, Mary Jane's on the plane and she's like, they're they're vegetarian and I love them. Like, so they're evidently being sold somewhere, and I don't think that Shaggy like patented Scooby Snacks. Hey, Daphne know. went to school for marketing. Marketing. That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> but they have she like, designed them. Orange- yep. Yeah. She <laughs> but like Scooby Snacks in general have like different origin stories yeah. throughout too because mm-hmm. um pup named scooby-doo there's like 99 different flavors that's right mm. and oh we watched um we watched what's new scooby-doo last season and there's an episode from that series where they actually visit the factory where mm. scooby snacks are made and in be cool scooby-doo the the newest series they are solving a mystery about this snack company that's being haunted by this wizard and they were called sorcerer snacks and as thanks for solving the mystery at the end, they renamed the company Scooby Snacks. <sighs> Man, why, why, why do we have to have a thousand origins for Scooby Snacks? But for Scooby Snacks, though, like, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's we discussed ridiculous. like we discussed like the origin of the Mystery Machine before because we don't know who the fuck owns that van. I decided. You decided. Yeah. I decided that it's it's Shaggy. Okay. In our podcast, we can in that Shaggy is a wizard. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm immediately fun, on fun board. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> because when you start watching all of these episodes with that in mind, everything makes sense. When you think about like all of the technology they have inside the mystery machine, <laughs> we were mm-hmm. at, in the one instance where um Daphne, Fred, Patrick and Velma are going out on that date. We don't know where they're going, but they're going somewhere. And they're like sitting in the mystery machine in the back, and it looks like they have like guns or something on the wall behind <laughs> them. I'm like, what are those for? <laughs> it is, yeah, it's decked Things might out. Get serious, man. You gotta yeah. have a gun on board. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you gotta have like your ghost guns. Yeah. You know? The mystery machine yeah. in general, though, is fascinating. Yeah. 
God, I love. I I've been. Well, I it's at some point in my life I would like to own a real life one, but I need to become very rich probably first. We all want that, I think. Yeah, we saw one I, driving down the road a while ago. You did? No, remember we took a picture. <gasps> with oh it. yes, we were in uh, Royal Oak, I think, one time downtown. We were getting lunch or something, and we saw a Mr. Machine in the road. Just like apropos of nothing. Yeah, like I mean, they were just driving down the road. Yeah, it was just that know, was their car. We didn't talk to them. Like it was literally just driving through downtown, and it was gone. Yeah. Uh, was there smoke coming out of the roof? Because <laughs> <laughs> I can't verify that one way or the other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I just I I that's what I do appreciate about um this movie as well is that I think they spent a little bit more time in the mystery machine than they did in the first one because the first one. Yeah. Yeah, the first one, there was only that one scene with Scooby and Shaggy, and then they were just kind of on the island, and there was really yeah. no need to drive around. But this the was like, they instance, were kinda, yeah. yeah, well, the only other instance you see is in the flashback with Scrappy, I think. That's right. In that movie. But yeah, it's not really shown in that movie whatsoever, otherwise. Mm. Yeah. And then, yeah, this one, they're driving. I like the observation that they're just going on a date night, but they don't, but we were never told where. I don't, well, where are I they can't going? Believe, <laughs> I can't believe I never, I never picked up on that. But yeah, I you're absolutely really right. Because he took them straight to the museum. Were they going to the museum as like, a, for a date? Like as a date yeah. night, let's go solve your mystery. Fred's excited to go to this museum for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fragile masculinity. <laughs> that's very interesting i do like and i've pointed this out a couple times but my favorite bit from like right before then is when there's like a, a wide shot of like velma spying on um fred and patrick and they're toasting two museums which yes. is very yeah. funny <laughs> um you know we're looking at some of our notes here yeah um, go for it and one of my one of my favorite lines from this movie i think shannon kind of agrees <laughs> is when Shaggy and Scooby are following uh, Mr. Wickles to the the mining city. Uh-huh. And when they're in the bushes and Scooby screams because he realizes it's a ghost town. And Mr. Wickles says, Dern bushes yelling at me again. <laughs> I want to know how often he gets yelled at by bushes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we're, we're under the impression that Mr. Wickles um, has some kind of mental illness. I mean, we've yeah. decided there's a lot of mental illness in Coolsville. Because there's Apparently. Patrick and Henry. There's Patrick yeah, Henry. Right. <laughs> and, and then there's Mr. Wickles, because um, when Shaggy's talking to him in the faux ghost at the bar, <laughs> and, um, you know, Shaggy, he, like, takes off his hat and, like, the gold tooth, and he's like, would you ever, yeah. like, forgive them or something? For one, Mr. Wickles doesn't catch up on, doesn't, you know, pick up on the fact that he's talking to Shaggy. Mm-hmm. But then he's like, are you kidding? If I saw those kids, I'd crush their skulls and rip he's out like, their eyeballs. <laughs> yeah, he's like crushing yeah. peanuts in his hand. And Shaggy's just like, oh. And then he's just looking at Mr. Wickles and Mr. Wickles d- says nothing. And then he just starts laughing. He's like, that's right. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Mr. Yeah, he's, he's definitely got something going on for Is sure. From the time with. Jonathan Jacobo in prison? Like I don't know. I, I, this I, is all because he didn't get the lead in My Fair Lady. That You're absolutely <laughs> right. He had a tater tot deficiency. Yes. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I like that they bring that back <laughs> yes. at the end. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> you kept stealing my tater tots. You said you felt puppy. <laughs> 
No, I mean, like, because before the whole, like, scene with, like, the, the darn bushes yelling at me, <laughs> before then, I just thought he didn't recognize Shaggy because it had been so long yeah. since, Maybe. you know? But even still, I guess the Mystery Ink Gang is, like, I mean, their pictures are literally in that bar, in the faux yeah. ghost that they're throwing darts at, so I don't know. And, you know, with this, like, him he- him hearing voices, evidently, because bushes yell at him frequently... Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if it's like a case of like schizophrenia or something and he's also like paranoid and that's why he has the the rigged doorbell at his house. Yeah. Mm. I like it. I like it. Yeah, I don't know. I I also felt like it was just disappointing the way that he after it was revealed that he was just, you know, uh trying to set up a a mining camp or whatever. Um, child labor. Child labor. Yeah, as, as it was revealed that <laughs> really the, tr- the true villain. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but like, as after that, he kind of disappears from the rest of the movie until the very end. You're and right. Like, and I was like, oh, that, that that again makes me feel like because he shows up again at the end with Patrick, and before then, the last time we saw Patrick was he was being you know taken away by the pterodactyl ghost after he like pushes velma out of the Uh way and like where did he go where did the pterodactyl ghost take him good question i didn't think about that mr wickle saved patrick uh, that's what i'm thinking (laughs) i'm thinking there had to have been a scene where the two of them like yeah where like wickle saves patrick or at least finds patrick after the pterodactyl ghost and that's why they show up together at the end right oh my god i didn't think about that at all Oh, yeah, man. Like, it's... I I think there's so much cut out from Patrick's backstory. Because, like, I, I have this idea that he's either related to Jacobo or Wickles. I, I like the idea that he's related to Wickles now that they're both kind of, yeah. like, mentally unstable. Plus, well, they're, like, museum curators. Exactly. <laughs> he inherited the, the, the mental illness, and he also inherited the love for museum curation. That's right. And, like, so imagine, like, a, a, a cut scene where the pterodactyl ghost... Um, like drops Patrick off into, let's say, a bush, and Patrick is like, <laughs> kind of screaming, and like Wickles finds him. He's like, "Darn bushes!" And he looks, <laughs> and like he looks in the bush, and he's just like, "Oh, it's just you, nephew," or something like that. Like just to give us a little like tie tie the ribbon on it's that. It's just my son there. Henry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, he calls him Patrick, and he's just, like, "What? No, my name is Henry." <laughs> <laughs> I didn't uh, think about that. And I just wish that, yeah, I agree. I don't like that the characters just disappear and it kind of negates your suspicion of them in a way because I kind of forgot about Mr. Wickles after the explosion underneath the mine. He yeah. doesn't care about his mine exploding. You know, he just leaves and you don't ever see him again. Yeah. And just like a, a subtle little detail from that too is obviously when they get there, it's all nighttime and I get no never mind and I'm now that I'm piecing it in my head it was a couple days later I was like because he also shows up in a different outfit but I guess that it, it time has passed yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to talk about yeah. how um welcoming the faux ghost people are because like when Shaggy and Scooby first walk in and they're like oh I'm super scary and this is my brother you know whatever their names are I don't, are. Yeah. I don't remember what it was so. sh- I think it was like Shizzy McCreepy and SD McCrawley yeah something like that yeah. and uh, and I like how everybody's just like oh okay cool like come come hang out yeah it's just they're very because yeah you don't have to be a Scooby you know a Mystery Inc. Uh, you previously caught ghosts. Apparently you can just walk in and be like, I want to be like you guys. Let's all hang yeah. out, you know? And they're <laughs> like, there's no suspicion. It's just like, Hey, I've never seen these guys before. 
do you are we sure they're legit? Eh, probably. Probably. <laughs> like nobody double checks the backstory. It's all just Well, you know, and a lot of the villains know each other. Um there's a Scooby Doo movie where they team up to like also get revenge on the gang. So like they have like a social network. So yeah. they would yeah. recognize Shaggy and Scooby's personas, I think, if they were real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I also just like I also like the idea that like the whole point of disguising themselves was not to make not to make a big deal, and they enter like, hey, 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 right. it's us. <laughs> and then why would Shaggy use the bathroom in that bar? What? Why? What do you mean? Because he's like he's like okay, I'm gonna you know go pee. Okay. Um, don't do anything stupid. So of course you know he goes and does something stupid, but. My thing is, like, I'm undercover. At that point, like, I'm surrounded by a whole bunch of people I've unmasked before. Like, they hate me. <laughs> yeah. I think the word for word was they're going to invite us to a weenie barbecue where we're the weenies. Like, <laughs> yep. I'd be so scared. I'd be holding that until I got home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, for Scooby, sure. Don't I mean, leave I, my side. Like, I'd be so scared. I mean, especially because it's. It's Shaggy, and he's supposed to be, like, the scared one of the yeah. bunch. And suddenly he's just like, nah, we're good. This place checks out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I like that the whole reason that they go to the Fogos in the first place is because they find the sticky note in Mr. Wickle's house oh that God. says, Fogos tonight. Yeah. And he's like, look, it's tonight. And it's like, how do you know that it's tonight? <laughs> he's been be out for any two day. months. It could have been a month ago. <laughs> yeah. It could have been a year ago. Yeah, like, it could have been. He could have written that, you know, like, yeah, before he went to jail. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also thinking Mr. Wickles being there is like a nightly thing, so I don't think it really mattered. Oh, you think yeah, he just goes like, there every night? Yeah, like I think everybody it, goes there every night. I think that's just a their nightly get together. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, I'm thinking about it in realistic terms, which I probably shouldn't do, but <laughs> it's gonna be due. Yeah, <laughs> but like it, in my head, I'm like, if I'm just gonna go somewhere. And he doesn't live with anybody. And it didn't look like he was meeting anybody. You're just leaving a note. You're just leaving a note for who? Because <laughs> like, well, if he was crazy, he has to leave a note so he remembers. Otherwise, yeah. he might think that the darn bushes are yelling. At him. <laughs> <laughs> They're yelling at him because he didn't let them know where he was going. That's exactly right. Because <laughs> like, he did have a meeting, but it wasn't at the faux ghost. It was with the investors at the thing. So like, you would think that's the thing that he'd try to remind like himself of. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like the idea that like the bushes are just like, where were you at? Where were you? Did you leave us a note? <laughs> You're late again. <laughs> like, oh I wish God. that was the post credit scene of like him just oh walking into his manor and it's just bushes like... Screaming. Why didn't you let <laughs> us know where you were? <laughs> I know the the post credit scene. I don't know if you've ever seen it where Scooby's playing the Game Boy Advanced. No. Oh, I, we we didn't watch that part. We finished and we didn't watch the credits. Um, there's like a product placement basically at the end where Scooby's playing the Game Boy Advanced, and mm. it's for the Scooby Doo Two Monsters Unleashed video game. Oh no! And he provides a secret code, and it's SD Two. <laughs> <laughs> And what I love, guess whose idea that was for that end credit scene? Daphne, because of marketing. It's great oh, yeah. marketing. You're right. Mm-hmm. Image is everything. That's right. <laughs> oh my God, it's all coming together. <laughs> no, but it's it's just so ridiculous that like you wait around for the credits to get a secret code and it's literally SD2, as if nobody could have guessed. Come that. on, Scooby-Doo, you could have took 
Marvel's uh, post-credit scene gimmick, and you could have launched that whole thing. Like you could have taken credit for that. Yep. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Launched like the imagine Scooby-Doo cinematic universe. Like, because the thing, I wish that that the movies referenced each other more. So, like, imagine if the post-credit scene was just like a little stinger of like jacobo in jail and he just and like scrappy do comes up and it's just like you too huh great oh (laughs) my god well and my thing is when because in mystery incorporated uh velma's family has the museum that has all of the old monsters that they fought yeah and scrappy's in that you're right so during scooby-doo 2 monsters unleashed scrappy's already in jail why isn't he at that museum like that's their most high profile, high profile case. Yeah, like, that's like the last big case we did. That would be the one that would bring everyone in to yeah. come and see, even if they did like a life size giant scrappy do, or even just replicas of the demons. Yeah, nothing yeah. was in there. Yeah, I mean that was the. You're right. That was like the most recent, most high profile. It was the it was the reunion like that got the whole gang back together after yeah. all those years. You'd think they'd want to reference reference it in some capacity, but nah. You know, and that kind of hard. You know, that kind of makes me think about how Scooby Doo could work. I think in a live action kind of thing, kind of like with um, you know, because isn't the CW owned by Warner Brothers? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, like if they did like a Riverdale style Scooby Doo series yeah i would love that i would live for that (laughs) i love i love that you're not the first person to like pitch that on this podcast (laughs) (laughs) there's like clearly an audience for it you know well we both love riverdale we watch it you know all the time we haven't started season three yet but um i've been saying this since season one i'm like where's my scooby-doo riverdale Mm -hmm. yeah come on Yeah, I love it. I mean, there are they're doing the Sabrina show coming up too. Oh my God, so I'm like, so I'm excited. For, I'm I'm nervous about it, but I'm excited for it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think I think a friend of mine are going to start as soon as this podcast ends, or I don't know when the Sabrina show premieres. It might is it is this month, isn't it? I think it's I think the twenty sixth, so. yeah, twenty seventh. Oh, great! So there'll be a couple days when I'll be doing this podcast and potentially a Sabrina review podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Fun. Do, the 30, do the, how many months or how many days are in November 30, the 30 days of Sabrina. <laughs> <laughs> there are, yeah, so like, we'll just go through each episode like in a cycle until we run out of days of November. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Oh boy. I don't need to eat or sleep or live my life ever again. No. I'll just keep doing these you podcasts. podcasts. I don't That's know how right. you are doing this 31 days. Like we, have a hard time sitting down and recording one episode a week and getting it edited <laughs> and uploaded on time like holy shit I'm 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 running out because uh, I I filmed a couple or I recorded a couple in advance like uh-huh. during the last couple days of September, um, but now I am out, so I'm recording them and uploading them like same day, which is oh, not fun. <laughs> I don't imagine it would be. There have been a couple days where I've I just have not had time due to work or whatever. 
So I end up having to edit the episode probably the day that it's supposed to go up. And I'm just like, shit, everyone's going to hate me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the editing's going to be awful. <laughs> well, the, the only thing, like, I've been trying to keep the editing minimal because it's the only way I can live, like, and oh, not have geez. to not spend all the time just editing. And, and yeah. Ugh. So hopefully people like them. We, I, I will say we crossed uh, 7,000 downloads today, which is oh, very wow. nice. So, you know, I have something everybody. that I needed to tell you, actually, Scott. Uh-oh. Yes. <laughs> I think Uh-oh. that your pod, I think that your podcast is either positively or negatively affecting the availability of the Scooby-Doo 2 movie in the market. Oh. Yeah. <clears throat> Let me explain. So <laughs> Please do. We, <laughs> we originally watched this movie on Netflix. And I, you know, being a Scooby-Doo collector, I have all the movies. And I'm like, you know what? There's differences between this one and the actual, you know, VHS or DVD version, you know, because they have that Burger King uh, KFC change and they also cut out the subtitles for the dogs talking in the beginning yeah it's Um, annoying yeah it is annoying and i'm like you know what no for the second time we're gonna watch it on my dvd so i'm looking through all my movies and i don't own it on dvd i just own the vhs version so i brought it over to shannon's house and i don't know if shannon owns a vcr or not so I didn't. She br- does. Well, yeah, Shannon does. <laughs> but <laughs> mystery know, so solved. Yeah. But you see, I didn't bring the movie, so I just ran to the stores real quick to see if I could just pick up the DVD copy. So I mm. go to Meyer, they don't have it. I go to Target, they don't have it. I run over to Walmart, which definitely would have it. They don't have it. I go to oh. a second Meyer, they don't have it. So my theory is that your podcast is either making everyone fall back in love with this movie to the point where it's just not available anywhere, or Mm -hmm. your podcast is revealing all the faults in the movie to where Uh all the stores think that it's a terrible movie, so they're burning all the copies. Oh, no. (laughs) Only one of two possibilities is is the outcome. It can't be both. (laughs) I would love to know. Uh, yeah, or it can't just be neither. You know? no. <laughs> no, it's one or the other. Scott. It's definitely one of the two. Well, and the worst thing is, I was just at the my or the Walmart that he went to, and you know they came out with the new artwork for a whole bunch of the Halloween stuff, and so I had just seen it there like four days ago. And it's not. It's not there. And it's I not searched. there. I searched oh. for like fifteen minutes through the Walmart DVD section, just trying to find it. You know, because at this point it would probably only be like six bucks, so yeah. I don't mind dropping money to buy it, but. I don't see it anywhere. It's just gone now that I need it. So in like three days, like 10 people bought this DVD. Yep. Oh, thank you. I do. (laughs) I have, you know, full disclosure, I do have a deal with Warner Brothers that I get. It's an affiliate program. So I get a couple cents after every time somebody buys it. Uh, Uh. That's not true. I really wish it was. (laughs) I'm just Five listening to this. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that $6 DVD you bought? Yeah. Thanks for the shiny dime. <laughs> but yeah, that's my theory right now because I couldn't find the movie anywhere. But, you know, it wasn't a, like a huge deal enjoyability-wise watching it on Netflix. It's just I wanted to see it because yeah. when they changed the Burger King to KFC or they cut the subtitle, I'm like, this isn't what I watched when I was a kid. Exactly. Well, and I had to look it up because I was like, why would they switch it out? Which we figured out, so it's okay, but... Do you know the reason why they switched out the Burger King for KFC, Scott? Wasn't it just like a regional thing or something? Yeah, so or? Burger King... Right, because Burger King was the old one. Yes. They wanted they They wanted just promote in the U.S., and because Netflix shows internationally, 
they were like, nah, we don't want our name on that anymore. And so then they were like, uh, okay. And KFC was like, hey, I'll put my logo on that. And they were like, okay. So that's why KFC's in the movie, we think. (laughs) So, wait, so that was changed specifically for Netflix? Yeah. Yeah, because that's not how it is on the DVDs or the VHS, because in those movies, it shows it with the Burger King logo. So, like, yeah. My assumption is if you buy it now, it should still have Burger King on it if you buy it in the U.S. That's fascinating because because they because it's not it's not just because that would mean that they had to do they had to get Matthew Lillard to record. Exactly. (laughs) That terrible dub, which you can hear, too, if you know it's coming. Well, and if you turn the subtitles on in the subtitles, it still says Burger King. It sure right. does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like, but because even still, they, they even had to like do the, the CGI over the cup to make it yes. a KFC. <laughs> and they changed it from like a Whopper to like a chicken sandwich or something yeah. that Scooby well, was snacking I was just on. Shit. I'm like, so someone had to like get Matthew Lillard to record KFC and they had to like open up the files for this movie and yeah. edit this movie from 2004. <laughs> Could you imagine being Matthew Lillard and like as popular as he is right now and having them be like, so we're going to have you have you come back in. Just say KFC. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they like snuck it in as he was recording Shaggy for other lines. It's like, <laughs> yeah, so we just have a line in this episode where you're just like, why KFC? don't we ever sneak into a KFC or something? And it's just like, yeah, can you just say KFC for us? <laughs> or like, or like, they just have the microphones on. It's like, hey, uh, Mr. Lillard, where would you like to get lunch today? And like, they, it, just, it just took, it just took like many months of trying to be like waiting, waiting for him to naturally say like KFC. KFC. <laughs> I just yes, didn't we know. Got it. <laughs> I just didn't know that like product placement works like that, where you could retroactively change a movie from over yeah. ten years ago. Honestly, like the only thought that I can have is maybe it was in the contract initially. I don't oh. know, and it's so like, like they they already made assets and like yeah, a so like of it. yeah, so I must like that was my only guess is maybe it was in Burger King's contract because they were like, oh, we just want to focus on the U.S. right now, and then when they put it on Netflix, they were like, oh crap, we got to figure something out. I don't know. It's, I didn't know that that's how those things work. Yeah. I was really baffled by that. I'm yeah. gonna have to go into marketing like Daphne. Like Daphne. <laughs> 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 Oh, I love it. Is there anything else you guys wanted to... We're, we're over the hour, Mark, so we can oh. wrap it up if you want. Uh, but if you have other stuff you want to talk about, then... um, I actually only have two notes I wanted to note real quick. Yeah, please do. Um, one is that I like that this movie continues this trope of uh, the villains wearing masks under masks. Yes! So, oh. like, Heather Jasper Howe is actually a mask as well <laughs> under I the Mastermind's Those mask. Those are always my favorites. <laughs> I love it. And then yeah. the, o- the only other thing I wanted to mention, I just think that it's really heartless on Scooby-Doo's part, is during the, the climax scene where <laughs> Shaggy, Daphne, Velma, and Fred are all being strangled and suffocated by the tar monster, and Scooby's, like, cowering in the corner... He calls everybody's name except for Fred. <laughs> I didn't notice that. Yes, because I had to rewind it. Because it shows Fred being strangled. And mm-hmm. then you see Scooby cowering. And then he goes, uh, Velma, Daphne, Shaggy. But he doesn't say Fred at all. No. That... I have a reason for it. Yeah, What's so do reason? I. But I'm curious if they line up. Go for it. Okay, so mine was because like two seconds beforehand, when they ran back into Velma... 
when uh, Fred and Daphne did ran into sorry when Fred and Daphne ran into Velma yeah um and he was like hey where's the disc and she was like oh I uh, gave it to Shaggy and Scooby and he was like oh that's funny I thought you just said you gave it to Shaggy and Scooby like clearly Fred's an asshole so like Scooby yeah. doesn't really care about him. <laughs> yes. So my my theory aligns very closely with that, which is in the first movie, Fred is like the one who's trying to discipline Scooby by like flicking him on his nose. Oh, yeah. And I bet that there's some tension there. Oh, shit. I didn't think about that either. Oh, no. People don't like being flicked on their noses. Mm-mm. Let that be a lesson, podcast <laughs> listeners. That's really all I had to talk about this movie. Was there anything else on for you, Shannon? The only thing I had... um. At the end of the movie, they all go back to the faux ghost. Yes. And they're all dancing. Why is suddenly the gang allowed there? <laughs> yeah, great question. Because it's like, not just the gang. It's also the same people from the museum opening. Like, all of their fan bases are yeah. there, too. Like, everyone's so, The Dinkley Brigade's there. Yep. That's right. I like the, that they're the, constantly in there, too, because they're my favorite. And, like, yeah, and the guys with the tattoos on their chest of Daphne are also oh in there. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. My... The only way that I can make that work is by saying that that scene isn't canon but it's more so just like that's how the gang felt at the end of the day but that's so they not weren't actually really at the fogos they just hallucinated the whole thing because <laughs> it's like yeah and then also reuben stoddard is here and you know yes. it just feels like <laughs> no actually you know what feels strange mr wickles is there in the crowd too he's imagining all of it Oh yeah, it, I love crazy. it. So and, I love it. <laughs> and Mr. Wickles is getting kissed on by some real young ladies. Yes, he that's is. Right. So maybe that's just his hallucination. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love I feel, that. I feel so much sympathy for Mr. Wickles now that we've talked all this out. <laughs> yeah, he's the victim in this movie. I mean, those darn bushes, you know? <laughs> darn bushes. They're so overbearing. <laughs> Oh, well, fantastic. Uh, I think we can just wrap it up then. If that's if that's it, if that's all yeah. we got. I think that's I mean, all we, we got. Yeah, I love it. Thank you guys so much for, for joining and for giving so many new uh, points of interest that I need to look out for and, and more talking points. And uh, I love it. I, you, you're making me think about the movie in more interesting ways, and I appreciate it. Well, thank you. Thank you for having us on. We're, we were really excited when... You know, we heard about your podcast. It's like, oh my god, we have to talk about this movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, it was such a blast. And uh, where can people find you on the internet if they want to hear more of your voices? Um, so we do our weekly podcast, that Groovy Scoopcast. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Groovy Scoopcast, and our podcast is available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google Play. And you can also just visit our website too, thatgroovyscoopcast.com fantastic yeah uh i love it i you guys are in more places than this podcast is so you're way on top of the game <laughs> we try to expand as much as we can <laughs> i love i've been getting a ton of people who are just like why isn't it on soundcloud and i'm just like because soundcloud costs money and i don't yeah, want to do that. it does cost money yeah <laughs> sadly yeah but yeah uh awesome and then if you guys want to follow me on twitter you can do so at scott nice and also instagram that's it that's where it is all every link including to uh, that groovy scoop cast will be in 
the description or the show notes or however you want to find it. So go check it out. Go seek it out. It's a grand old time. And uh, let me know if you have any thoughts or uh, interesting tidbits of information that you want to shed some light on uh, by tagging me in anything on the social media. And of course, the ultimate goal of this podcast, and we're like, we're almost halfway through the month, so I'm a little worried about it. But the ultimate goal is to have somebody from this movie on the podcast. And I think I'm currently set on the who was it that played Shaggy? Oh, yeah, the body. Female, <laughs> female body. Uh, yes. Nazamin Ashin Jam. Finder. Let's <laughs> find her, reach out. It'll be a grand time. I love it. Um, and then, of course, thank you so much to everyone who's been uh, leaving great reviews on iTunes. I appreciate all of them. I read all of them. Um, you're wonderful people. You're wonderful nerds. And with that said, would you two like to join me in our finest Scooby Dooby Doo? Absolutely. Excellent. All right, here we go. Scooby Dooby Doo!